Hey Buddha Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show, where we invite e-commerce entrepreneurs, marketers, and agencies to talk about e-commerce, the best strategies and tactics, and what to implement in your own e-com store. Before we jump into this episode, I ask you to subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. And now let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, here is Daniel Budai with a new episode of our Ecom show and now we are over 200 episodes and I'm having here uh, Michael Epstein, one of the co-founders of Postpilot and uh, Postpilot is a very interesting company because you can send postcards to your uh, subscriber and to your audience as a Shopify brand. So they mix the physical world with the online world and not many companies, uh, they've ever done it. So, hey, Michael, I'm happy to have you here. How are you? Good. Good to be with you, Daniel. So let's start with the early days. I wonder what was your initial idea um, about this company and, and why did you launch this company and when was it at all? Sure. So I've been in e-com and direct consumer for over 20 years. Uh, typically I started a brand, sold it to private equity in 2013, got into private equity. Um, I was an operating partner with my current co-founder and business partner, Drew, for going on 10, 15 years at this point, where we were typically running eight and nine figure portfolio brands, a lot of them being turnarounds. And we just had used direct mail successfully at a number of the the companies that we ran, but it was, you know, the, the stereotypical clunky experience of spreadsheets going back and forth and finding a print house and then trying to do more spreadsheets to figure out if that, what the results were from that campaign. So we just said, somebody needs to build Clavio for direct mail. That was our, you know, we were, we were, our roots are deep in sort of the life cycle marketing and direct response and and online marketing. Uh, and so we said, somebody needs to build Clavio for direct mail. So we just had this thesis and we went out and, and that's essentially what we did. And that yeah, was about was, uh, four years well, ago. Four years ago. So around before COVID, around 2019. But yeah, Clavio was already big back then. Yep. Okay. And uh, at the same time, you still manage other businesses, by the way, or only post pilot at the moment? When we first started Postpilot, we were still running one of the portfolios that that um, that we were running at the time. It was a uh, aftermarket automotive retail portfolio. It had a, a handful of brands, a couple hundred million in revenue, and um, and we were running that when we first kind of started with Postpilot. But then, as Postpilot started growing fast, and also we were uh, in the process of exiting that portfolio to another fund. Um, after we had turned it around, um, we were like, we got to make sure that we are all in on this. And so, yeah, we've been all in on, on Postpilot, making sure mm -hmm. that it reaches its full potential. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure you still get this question a lot, but why an e-commerce store should start doing postcards? Because there are so many channels to experiment with and, and to try and as we know, focus is probably the most valuable thing in business. So why postcards? Why would someone should start doing it? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think one of the we one of the things that drove a lot of our growth initially was just the iOS, the impact of iOS on Facebook ads. And it really just became apparent to brands that they have to de-risk, they have to diversify their marketing mix. They can't be totally dependent on on this channel. And those channels tap out at a, at a point too. Like just as brands are thinking about going omni-channel from a distribution perspective, they need to go omni-channel from a marketing perspective too. And if you look at you know, your email open rates, for example, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knows that email, your inbox is, has gotten more and more saturated over time. And a lot of people sort of ignore or delete your, your emails without reading them. Check your email open rates. Average e-com open rates like 20, 25%. That means you've got 75% of this rich audience, these people that have either done business with you or engaged with your business and provided their email address to you that aren't even getting that message. How else are you able to get that message in front of these folks? These, again, this, this prime audience of, of people that have engaged with your brand uh, and direct mail is a super effective way to do it. So we've just seen a really strong appetite and and interest in adoption of of direct mail as a channel to kind of cut through the digital clutter and reach those folks that are just blind and numb at this point to email and digital ads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on the website now and I can see, yeah, 20, 25% average operate for uh, e-commerce email, but direct mail has around 90%. So pretty comparable to text messages, actually. Yeah, uh, if, you th- it, if you think about how you, people say, well, it's junk mail. Like I throw away my junk mail, but think about how you actually look at your mail when you pull it out of the mailbox. You're skimming through it, right? You're like looking and you're deciding what you want to keep. And then when you see a, a a piece of mail from a brand that you recognize or have done business with, you're pausing and you're actually looking at what it has to say. So yeah. that's why it's not like you're just taking your mail out of your mailbox and blindly throwing everything away. You're looking at it and that's more, it captures your attention. And then once it's something that you recognize, not only is it more memorable because it's coming through a channel that's like tangible and, and different, but then it sits on your counter then it sits on your desk uh, for, you know, days or weeks continuing to sort of remind you versus an email that's forgotten about in, or even an SMS that's forgotten about almost instantaneously. Yeah. I can see this other stat that uh, an email is forgotten after a few seconds while a postcard 17 days. So right. Yeah. It's on the table and it's physical. Um, yep. And with Postpilot, can I send uh, direct mails as well or only postcards? How so we have uh, a couple different sizes of postcards and then we introduced a new format called the Cardalog, which is, uh, it's like a, it, it's like a mini catalog for brands that are thinking, have always sort of thought maybe in the back of their mind, should I do a catalog? It's great for brands that have a larger assortment of product or need more education about their product to introduce yeah. it to a, a customer or prospect. The problem with catalogs is they take months to months of lead time. They take months of preparation. Most brands need a full-time, you know, full-time people on staff just to prepare a 32-page catalog. Yeah. They huge minimum quantities. You can't change them. You can't test them. Um, and so we've made that super easy. And so we introduced this catalog format, which I actually have one on my desk. 
for people that are like streaming it, you can kind of see yeah. the size and layout of it. And it allows you to really tell your brand story, educate people uh, about your products and, and your brand and show a wider assortment of your product. But there's no minimum. There's no lead time. It's 75 cents. Like it's super easy. And so that's a popular format that a lot of our brands are, are using. And then we also have handwritten cards where it's actually, you know, our robotic tech, which is literally taking a pen to paper, writing with all the nuance of a human hand in a handwritten envelope with a first class stamp. So it's a really nice VIP touch point. Hmm. So I can just write the copy if I want or even chat GPT nowadays. I just had a call with our copywriters about it today. Um, and you just put it into post pilot and then it will be handwritten when, when it's sent out. That's amazing. Yeah. Or you could trigger and automate them. So you could say, you could create a message and then say, anytime a customer makes their fifth purchase, let's fire yeah. off this card. Anytime someone has spent a total of $500, uh, fire off this card, just thanking them for being such a, a valued, loyal customer. It's a really nice touch point. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So there are automations and campaigns just like in Clavio. Exactly. Um, so you mentioned cost and let's dive deeper into it because... Uh, it's more expensive than sending an email and sending yes. a text message. So I think that's why, especially someone, you know, tries this out for the first time, they should be conscious about this cost. Um, in my team with our agency, we tried it on uh, VIP customers because there we could see the ROI, the best ROI. We also tried Vimbeck. It didn't really work out maybe with one client, but uh, I know some guys are bullish on this. I'm, I am less. I couldn't say good ROI on it, but I just wonder what what are the best use cases in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I'd certainly want to take a look at, I'd be happy to look at whatever you ran um, previously. Uh, mm -hmm. Like Winbacks, we see work 95 plus percent of the time, like really, okay. really well. Uh, VIPs are great too, but like Winbacks are a great starting point for brands because Again, it, it helps get that message in front of people that have engaged in, and done business with you, but for whatever reason, fallen off. I mean, I could rattle off like 100 examples of killer campaigns. We did one for uh, Four Sigmatic, big mushroom coffee brand. Like they went back five years to customers that had been on their email list, but stopped purchasing. And we, we tracked specific cohorts of customers based on recency and frequency going back five years. And they were profitable reactivating customers that they were not able to reactivate using any other channel well into th more than three years uh, since their last purchase. And that's just one example. I mean, there's just a million like that where you're targeting these folks that have unengaged. Maybe they uh, subscription churn is another one. We just did one for a, a really large nine figure uh, mm -hmm. beverage brand that you know these these customers we're on a subscribe and save like the recurring uh, subscription and they, they canceled. They tried to get them back by email. It, they didn't. Uh, so they sent them a postcard follow-up and they got like a six X ROAS on reactivating those churn subscribers who made a conscious decision to say like, I want to stop receiving this, mm -hmm. but then they got them back that way. So there's just a winbacks are a great starting point for brands because they consistently perform really well. We can give you really specific data 
based on cohort of exactly like where the right segments are that make sense and are profitable and where, where does it no longer make sense? So we can say, all right, in your case at 180 days, we can still profitably reactivate a customer. But once we get to 240, doesn't make sense anymore. Let's stop and not send to people at that point. But great starting point. You can get sort of a baseline of performance uh, and then you can continue to move up the funnel from there into things like retargeting. We can match email subscribers to a postal address. So people that say subscribe to your list, go through your email welcome sequence, never make a purchase, trigger a card at the end of that welcome sequence that finds their postal address and then tries to get them to convert. We have new technology called site match, which is people browsing your website anonymously who don't opt in or convert. We can find a postal address for that person, retarget them with a postcard. And then even into prospecting where we've seen, we're seeing a lot of success for brands, again, that are really looking to diversify away from Facebook or have capped out sort of their Facebook, uh, the level of scale they can achieve on Facebook to say, at this point, every marginal dollar we invest in Facebook is, is a, at a low ROAS. So how do I find more customers at an acceptable ROAS? And, and we've been having a lot of success there as well. Hey, Budai Nation. Welcome to the Ecom Show. I ask you to subscribe to this podcast. And if you like it, make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic. So it would mean the world to me if you could support us. I hope we can serve our audience in the best way. And now let's jump into the episode. Yeah, let's dive deeper into this. So because, you know, I'm very familiar with subscription-based things, email, SMS, postcard, all of these, but uh, prospecting was one thing you mentioned, Mm -hmm. and also site matching, that was the word that you used. So probably it's similar what retention.com uses. Um, Exactly. Can you tell us more about this, how someone can get access to this? How does this work? Sure. So with site match, you put a pixel on your site, And we can set different parameters for how we want to trigger that. We can say we want people that only browse certain pages of the site or only spend a certain amount of time or other parameters to to help further qualify that person as somebody that's engaged, not somebody that just hit the website and two seconds later bounced. Uh, And then we can find a postal address for about 20 to 40% of those people and retarget them with with a postcard. And again, it's, it's a great way to start easing into acquisition because that's a warmer audience. It's folks that have at least demonstrated some level of interest and engagement with your brand. So it's better than just a cold, you know, it's better than cold prospecting. And we, again, we, we, we always recommend start lower in the funnel and work your way up incrementally, which is also wow. sort of not the same philosophy that direct mail has had in the past, which was that's go true. big and wide and blast, you know, a yeah. hundred thousand people in this, these zip codes with a, with a card. Like we are the complete antithesis of that start targeted lower in the funnel, prove every sort of, uh, every sort of step up the funnel. And as we continue to show that we're getting good ROI, then you work up to colder prospecting. And for, uh, for certain type of brands, it's not a great fit. For a lot of brands, it really does open up a new channel to to drive uh, new customer acquisition. Mm. Can you see a tendency for what brands it works better? Maybe high AOV? Yeah. I don't know. Is that is that a thing? Yeah, absolutely. So a higher AOV, think of it similar to Facebook. 
in a lot of ways. So one, we're building lookalike audiences like Facebook does. We have data on, we have thousands of attributes on hundreds of millions of US consumers and can build these really rich lookalike audiences based on a ton of different data points. And then we can even layer on specific data points that we, we know we want to see present with your audience. So for example, we know that we wanna target uh, people that are uh, that buy, you know, protein, pro you know, high protein products or supplement products uh, frequently or, or have an outdoor active lifestyle, things like that. We could say we want to target people that we know are in target stores at least two times a month. Uh, so there's a lot that we can do to build that. But then uh, thinking about like the right brands that are a fit, it's higher AOV products. So again, similar to Facebook ads, Hard to make Facebook cold acquisition work if you've got a $20 AOV for any type of brand, um, regardless, you know, not just direct mail, but in, in a lot of acquisition channels. So think $75 and up on AOV. Uh, think a brand that has a well-defined audience. So the mistake that a lot of brands will make is they'll say, I sell a food product and everybody needs food. So everybody's mm -hmm. my customer. Yeah. Like that's not a good strategy. That's also like Facebook it would, would be similar. Like if your customer is so diverse and looks like there's no sort of specific characteristics that make that customer distinguishable, it's going to be harder to build lookalike models because everybody looks like your customer. But if we say we want it, we did a campaign recently for a baby brand. And in that case, we targeted expectant moms in their third trimester. We had that information based on the due dates that they've that we know about a lot of a lot of expectant moms, and we know exactly who that customer is that we're trying to target. We can be very granular with that. Other brands that are like, uh, you know, high end women's apparel brands, high AOV, well defined audience, or, or or makeup that's targeting like a certain age demographic, like. If you have a well-defined customer base, it's going to make it that much easier to find really highly correlated uh, other prospects like them. Interesting. Sounds like segmentation is even more important here than with email or text messages because of the, you know, we look for the ROI and also the cost is higher. So we, we have to define people even further. Yeah. Um, think about that like pay-per-click. Like in Google you're not trying to capture the most amount of clicks possible because you're paying for every one. You're trying to find the right targeted keywords, the right targets uh, and parameters to set to define your audience in a way that it make, you, know, mm -hmm. you can expect that it's a high quality person that's receiving or clicking on that ad. We think about it the same way. We, we don't want to send the most cards possible. We want to send the cards to the post. To the, to the audience that we have the highest level of confidence is going to respond and deliver a good ROI. Yeah. Would you say that this is the number one reason for those campaigns that uh, fail? Segmentation? That's the biggest issue? I think it's a combination of, um, of creative offer and segment and audience. Again, mm -hmm. think of it very much like a Facebook ad. Um, you got to test different offers. You're going to test different creative. You're going to test different audiences and you're going to find the right combination that you can start to scale with. And then you're going to keep testing and iterating on that. So, you know, I think 
one one thing that we see brands on the cold prospecting side do is they start too early on cold prospecting. You know, if you're a million dollar revenue brand, you know, congrats, that's a great accomplishment, but you you haven't necessarily found you haven't necessarily found product market fit and found an offer that is like really dialed in and highly scalable yet. Prove mm-hmm. that you've kind of figured that out and been able to start scaling that potentially in other channels. And then we can replicate that into direct mail as another channel to unlock for you. So yeah, it's it's kind of being premature, not having some of those elements fully dialed in yet uh, is typically why brands are you know, less likely to be as successful. Yeah, makes sense. When it comes to integration, so how does it work with Klaviyo, for example? Um, Let's say I, I run an automation and uh, I have subscribers or, or membership and then, you know, they unsubscribe, they don't want to continue the whole thing. Then can I A-B test between the two things, email or postcard, or how, how much can I play with this? Yeah. So, I mean, the easiest way we natively integrate with Klaviyo and the easiest way to use it is any segment that you create in Klaviyo, we can sync with and use that as a segment or a trigger in Postpilot. So as soon as somebody enters your Klaviyo segment, based on whatever criteria you set, we can use that as the trigger to send them a, a postcard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you create a win-back segment in Klaviyo that says, you know, at uh, 90 days, haven't made a purchase within those past 90 days, they enter this win-back segment, we can use that segment and trigger it. The other interesting thing is, we can use to your you mentioned like unsubscribes, like direct mail isn't subject to can spam or unsubscribes like like email is. So a lot of brands like Beard Brand, for example, a men's grooming brand just did a campaign that went to people that hadn't purchased in six months and were unsubscribed to Clavio. And we mm-hmm. use that Clavio segment as uh, as a filter for you know that was the segment that we used they 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 pulled their unsubscribes their lapse buyers that were unsubscribed into a segment we sent those folks a postcard they got a 10x ROAS on that campaign yeah that's very interesting actually i think we should test it too um, i just met eric in florida last week i love eric he's a great guy um, so let's talk about the creative how does it work and uh, if I know well, you have templates as well. I don't know if you use any AI nowadays for postcards, but it's pretty. It can be very hands off uh, if someone wants to do so. Yeah, we're um, we're a fully managed service, like a concierge service, and it's included as part of our service. So you're not paying like a an agency or anything to to do it. We have a full in-house team of designers who are unbelievably good and we know best practices from doing millions and millions of these things um so we'll do it literally for you 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 get you know our account management team that can help with setup and strategy making sure that we're doing it following our best practices uh we want to set you up for success a lot of brands are coming to us having not done direct mail ever before they don't know best practices and they don't necessarily have the time or des- they, they really want to try direct mail, but they don't really have the time or, or desire yeah. to learn a whole new channel from scratch and figure it out. Like we will make it super, super easy. 
uh, we can take on, we can set everything up for you, including doing the design and just make sure that again, you're following our recommended best practices and that's going to put you in the best position to, to be successful with the channel. Yeah. Let me ask you this old question, which is in the email community, it's been going on. So more images or plain text? Is there any preference? Yeah, it's, um, again, I, 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 I like to relate it to, to channels that are digital marketers like you're using every day and like Facebook from the perspective of you're skimming something quickly. You need to capture their attention quickly. So you're skimming your direct mail. It should feel... Uh, it should be clean and succinct. We don't really recommend a lot of clutter, uh, a lot of text. Your branding should be prominent. The color scheme should be consistent with your website and your branding. It should just be instantly recognizable. So if someone's flipping through their direct mail, you know, their mail from their mailbox, they're like, oh, I recognize this right away. And as soon as they do that, they stop, they read it, they flip it over, they read it. Um, and so keeping it succinct, scannable uh, on brand are like the key elements of that. And we typically, as a, as a general best practice, we like to have, we encourage brands to have some sort of offer or something that creates urgency on the card too. Yeah, I think for postcard and text message, messages is crucial, urgency. Yep. Yeah. My last question to you. So what would be your number one advice to e-commerce entrepreneurs? In general or, or direct mail? Yeah, in general, let's say, let's say a seven, eight figure e-commerce business up to let's say $50 million. So, you know, mostly our listeners. Sure. Um, I think maybe two things. One, like keep going. Like uh, my partner says this a lot that, that success is in large part the result of pressure over time. If you stick with something long enough, you're going to figure it out. Uh, and I, and I say something kind of similar, which is entrepreneurship is, is kind of like knowing that you're going to get punched in the face every day yet, you're, yeah. yet you go in and do it anyway. Like yeah, you just yeah. have to have a level of resiliency and, and you tend to, to figure things out. Uh, and I think then as you start to scale, it's more a function of creating the culture and environment to bring in more talented people, surround yourself with talented people. We've run, you know, a lot of large brands and there's no way you can do it yourself. And uh, bringing in a team of A players is just, it almost doesn't matter what the business is. When you, when you surround yourself with a lot of A players, um, it just unlocks a ton of, of value and opportunity. Yeah, I mean, you cannot really see great companies with the C players or B players, I mean, if if they have those, then they won't be a great company after a while. So, yeah, all of our turnarounds typically start with culture and team before execution. Mm -hmm. We can't yeah. execute unless we have the right culture and team on board. Peter yeah. Drucker says cult, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good, great quote. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, thanks, Michael. So I really enjoyed this conversation today. I hope our listeners as well. And uh, stay tuned, everyone. Every week we come out with two new episodes and uh, two things that we will add into the description. Uh, one is a post pilots link and we have a partnership link. We will add it to the description. And the other thing is I will share a free 50 point checklist 
about e-commerce email marketing and everyone can go to the link and download it. We use it with our clients as well. And thanks again, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks, Daniel.